find it interesting that the, uh, the most respected Christian of all time, probably, wrote his final words not to a church, but, but to a young man. Second Timothy. Much is uh, often made of Timothy's timidity. Use a stronger word sometimes, his cowardice. But, but don't miss the simple fact that Paul chose Timothy. Paul chose Timothy worthy of receiving the torch, the baton of his ministry, of his gospel legacy. Given what we know about Paul, I imagine Timothy to have been an extraordinary young man. But the truth is, uh, if you think about it, Paul isn't fully to credit for the man that Timothy became, is he? This, uh, this letter, this letter of 2 Timothy, it's one encouragement after another encouragement, after another command to be encouraged. At the very outset, chapter 1, verse 5, just listen. You don't have to turn. When Paul says, says this, that he's been reminded of Timothy's sincerity of faith, he follows that, that up, that encouragement, immediately up with an interesting sidebar. That it's not, it's not just Timothy's sincerity of faith that he's reminded of and, and thankful to God for, but he's, he's mindful of the faith, that sincere faith that wasn't born in Timothy, but that he tracks back to be born in his grandmother, passed through his mother down to now Timothy. Isn't that amazing? His grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice. Uh, maybe, maybe I should, but I haven't hidden the fact in past years, different holidays, that I don't really look forward to the Hallmark holidays in regards to preaching a message. Uh, they're, they're a little bit challenging for me. Um, I'm all for celebrating our moms. I'm all for celebrating our dads, our veterans, uh, our presidents, uh, our valentines, pinching each other when we're not wearing green. I'm all, I'm all for that. That's, that's fine. But coming up with a message each time one of these holidays pops up, uh, it, gets a little, it gets a little tedious for me. I mean, how many messages can you come up with to dads or to moms or on Veterans Day. It's, it's a little bit of a challenge. I normally will look for the most obscure passage that I can to teach you about something about one of those, one of those holidays. Uh, this, this Mother's Day, it really falls into our lap. As we're walking through 2 Timothy, uh, it's here for us. As Paul opens his last letter, he wasn't just thankful for Timothy, but he's thankful for two ladies that get credit for Timothy's faith. Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. You remember, as we started, I told you that his father was absent. Maybe passed away by this time, but he's at least gone off the scene early in Timothy's life. Raised by his grandmother and mother. His father was a Greek, most likely an unbeliever, a pagan. And out of the picture now, Paul becomes for Timothy a surrogate father. And uh, Timothy owes a debt of gratitude for the gap that Paul filled in his life as a man. But even though Timothy owes Paul this debt of gratitude, the fact is that Paul isn't the only one who invested in Timothy's life. 
Paul realizes this. Scripture recognizes this. That Timothy is the product of a godly grandmother and a godly mother. Ladies, this morning, I I just want to bring you maybe a short challenge. Um, In a word, here it is. We need more men like Timothy. We need more Timothys. And to some degree, we look to mothers and grandmothers that they might fill the role that a Lois and a Eunice filled for Timothy. That, that helped to shape him and make him into the man he was. So that Paul could, could reach back and say, here's the baton of the gospel of the glory of God. Take it and run. Um, we need men who are sincere in their faith. We need men who know the scriptures. We need men and women, by the way, who are ready to follow faithful saints before them. We need men who are worth passing the baton of the gospel of the glory of God to. And we need men who will gladly shoulder the weight of that responsibility, a responsibility above and beyond their own self. They're far and few between, and increasingly so. Last week we read these words. Just listen. You, however, in chapter 3, verse 14, you, however, continue, Timothy. And there's our command. This letter is full of commands to encourage Timothy in taking the baton from Paul and walking the same path as hard as it may be. It's full of encouraging commands for Timothy. And here's, here's our command word for the verse. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of. So it's not just to continue in the things... Uh, the, the facts of knowledge, but the things that we, you've been taught and that your heart is fully convinced of. Continue in those things. Don't abandon them. Don't, don't disregard them. Don't walk away from them as some have easily done. Knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, I briefly mentioned this last week. The whom that Paul mentions here when he says, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. That whom most surely includes Paul, but it's plural. It includes more than Paul. Paul is not the only whom that we should fit into the context here. The whom is followed up by this next sentence that says, And that from childhood you've known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul wasn't a part of Timothy's childhood. He just wasn't. He wasn't a part of that childhood that brought Scripture to Timothy. That fact is to the credit of his grandmother and his mother. Let me make just a few points, ladies. And if you want to jot these down in summary, you can. Maybe, maybe these will be encouragements and challenges for any mother and grandmother here this morning. Number one, your job as a mother uh, doesn't often come with accolades, or a grandmother for that matter. You can raise a child, boy or girl, and they can become much that you could have done very well raising them. They become an accomplished young man or young woman. And what do you become, mom? You become so-and-so's mom, right? When people talk about it, who are you? Well, I'm so-and-so's mom, right? 
You, you never get your name mentioned necessarily. Your job as a mother doesn't always come with accolades. It's the nature of the business of raising kids. Lois and Eunice get one shout out in scripture. This is it. Never to be mentioned again. Just one time. Your worth, however, your worth as a Christian in God's eyes is not dependent, mom, grandmother, on how well you're known for what you do in the life of your children. Do you know that? God does not look at you with satisfaction based on how well everyone else recognizes you in the work of rearing your children. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't look at a saint's worth in the same way we look at a saint's worth, does he? The number of times, how, how popular they become because of what they've done. What if God intends, what if God intends to use you for something he wants to do two generations away? Through your child to their child. What if he, what if he says that you're not going to build the temple? I'm going to give that, I'm going to give that charge to your son. I mean, are you okay with that, moms? That you can go without the applause of men, being faithful to what God has called you to do, knowing that you have the applause of heaven. I wonder, um, I wonder, what would Paul, as he's writing this, this last letter, it's very, it's very intimate language, he says at one point that there really is no one else. They've all abandoned him. And it occurred to me that if it weren't for Lois and Eunice, who would Paul have had to write his final letter to? Let me give you another one. Parenting and grandparenting in general isn't easy. Most of the time, Kimberly and I end the uh, night after we put the kids to bed. Um, confessing how completely inadequate we think we are as parents. You know the feeling? Uh, that's a typical night for us. It's not, an easy, it's not an easy job. Even when we're doing it right, we don't always see the results or the reward of doing the right thing. Even when we're doing, we're, we're doing the, the godly things, the spiritual things in our kids' lives, I look for that immediate gratification. It's not always there. But it's amazing how, uh, how they hear things we don't think they hear. And they, they, they pick up on things. They retain things. And later on down the road, they repeat things, good and bad, that we never knew they heard. Here's the point. Here's a simple point. And you don't have to be a, uh, an expert in raising kids to get this point. The scripture ought to be foundational in the raising of our kids. It's the basic point of what made Timothy successful, that from childhood, the scriptures were sacred in his life. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you, Mom. It doesn't take an advanced degree in parenting. If all we have are the scriptures, and if all we can do is feed our kids the word of God, and let God do the magic in the hearts and in the minds of our kids, don't you know that God can be faithful to our faithfulness? Entrust 
your children with Scripture. Uh, I'll just confess, I don't do a great job at this. I struggle right here. Kimberly does a good job. Uh, last week, somehow, I got into this whole conversation with my six-year-old about the Trinity, and it was completely frustrating. We're laying on his bed, and we just read his Bible story, which is a habit his mom had, had started, and, and he's excited about it, and he wants to read. And just out of the blue, after we're done with the little story, he says, what if God's like 500 years old? Like, how does he even walk around up there? And I, being very sensitive to the teaching opportunity, decided to instill some correct theology into my son's life. And so I said, well, son, uh, God is actually not a number of years because he was actually never born. He's always been. He always will be. He's what we call eternal, son. And so because he's never been born, we don't count years like that. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he just stopped me in the middle of my sentence. He says, he was too born. Christmas. Well, yes, and I get into this whole thing, and now I'm trying to, well, God is, you know, God, and then there was Jesus God, which we've been teaching him, and he picked up on it, he knew that, and Jesus was born, but son, what you don't realize is that Jesus even had been forever, and he will be forever, and, and he just turned around and he was on to something else. <laughs> Give him the foundation of the scriptures even if we're not experts at it. It's amazing what God can do with his word. It is amazing what God can do with the sacred writings. We know the next two verses pretty well. Let me read them to you. Because maybe in the context of what I've just said, of giving our children the scriptures, having mentioned being raised in the word of God by his grandmother and mother, maybe it changes how we think about these next these next couple verses. Listen. All scripture is inspired by God. Now this comes right on the heels of what grandma and mom have done. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God, i.e. Timothy in the context here, may be, guess what? Adequate, equipped for every good work. In Timothy, Paul found not just that child anymore, but that child who had been raised in the sacred writings. He found him adequate and equipped to hand the good work of his ministry to. When everyone else was bailing, here you are. It wasn't just what Paul poured into his life. Paul and Scripture recognizes the importance of what a grandmother and a mother did in childhood. Let me give you another one. Do your work even if in the shadows, Mom. God is applauding, number one. Number two, entrust Scripture to your children. Let me give you a third one. Your living out of the Word is of utmost importance. Let me say that again. Your living out the Word is of utmost importance. Now follow me here. Did you notice that in Paul's encouragement to Timothy to continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, that, that that command wasn't based on the foundation of Scripture, at least not solely and not primarily in the, in the passage? Listen, the strength to continue comes first in knowing from whom you have learned these things. 
from whom you have learned these things. Command, continue in these things, Timothy. Stay the course. Run the race. The things that you've learned, the things that you've taken to heart, stay the course. Give me a reason, Paul. I'll give you two. He's going to tell him because of the sacred writings you were raised on. But before he does that, he says, just think of the ones you've learned it from. What was the character of his teachers? We've already said that the whom is plural. The whom is not just Paul. The whom, going back to his early childhood, was who? Grandma and mom. Paul says, think about the lives of those two women. Be convinced. Continue. It's the character of the living out in the life of those who are teaching. It isn't just the value of Scripture, but the character of the one who taught it to you. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, that makes sense to us, but the fact that Scripture, Scripture teaches us that fact. What a weight of responsibility. Let me give you a cheesy illustration that I read here around Mother's Day that illustrates this point. Four ministers. Sounds like an Eric Scoggins joke, right? Or four pastors and a dog or a bear or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> Eric's not here for me to pick on him. We'll send him a CD. Uh, Four ministers standing around, talking shop. First guy says, you know, I love the Word of God, but you know what? I really love the Word of God as it's translated into the King James Version. I love it for its eloquent use of the English language. It's just so beautiful. Second minister gave forth that no Bible could match the New American Standard for its faithfulness to the original Greek and to the Hebrew text. It's beautiful. That may well be, said the third, but I prefer the New International Version for its contemporary language and easy readability. Makes sense. Then there was a thoughtful period of silence, and the fourth minister said, I like my mother's translation. It was with some surprise that the others asked, we didn't know that your, your mommy had written a translation of the Bible. Yes, she did, he replied. She translated it into her daily life. And it was through her translation that I came to faith. Is the word that we maybe teach, the stories that we read our, our children, are they being translated into daily life? Is it evident? Mothers, grandmothers, it's one thing to read Bible stories and scripture to your kids, but it's another to live it out in front of them. Your character. Don't miss this. Your character, according to Scripture, helps convince. Helps convince of the reliability of the gospel. Continue in the things you have not only learned, but the things that you have been convinced of. Why? Because you know whom you've learned them from. It's not hypocrisy. It's not a sham. You've watched it be walked out in the life of one who is sincere in their faith, who passed it to your mom, sincere in her faith, and I recognize it now in you, Timothy. Sincerity and faith. Knowing whom you've learned it from. 
Character matters. What a great, what a great responsibility. One of the unique parts of uh, being a Mother's Day text is that grandmothers are included here. And I don't want to skip that over. There, there may be something to the fact that I think this is the only time in Scripture that a grandparent is ever mentioned. Let me encourage you, grandmother and granddad, you could probably listen in on this too. Uh, let me encourage you, but also uh, scare the heck out of you at the same time right here. Um, since uh, Kimberly's parents have moved here from Indiana, uh, I've, realized, I've realized the depth that a grandparent can have in the heart of their grandchildren. Uh, I can't fully explain it, but there's something that I see in the eyes of my two sons when they're around their grandparents that, that puts their grandparents on a different plane than their mother and I. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's, there's some sort of respect, there's some sort of honor, there's some sort of almost divinity that they, that they hear every word, they watch every action. I remember uh, my grandfather, I remember how I felt towards him. He taught me a lot of things. He taught me a lot of great wisdom. The most valuable things he taught me were, were not just in his principles, not just in his words. They were in his actions. They were in his literal speech, the things he did say and even the things he didn't say in front of me. I can't tell you I ever heard my grandfather talk negative about another human being. And in the generation he was from, no black man, no white man, no Asian, no one was a step above or below. All equal. I never heard, I never heard a negative word. I, I heard, it seems to me, everything that man had to say. I absorbed it. I, I, it, it translated into my life. Good or bad? A kid hangs on every word and every action their grandparents says or does. My grandfather was a tremendous, tremendous influence. Uh, grandparents, you may think that your time for raising kids is done. Uh, the truth is that I have become convinced that moment for moment, moment for moment, your influence might just be equal, if not exceeding, to my own as their parent. What a weight of responsibility. What a weight of responsibility, especially when we speak of sobering spiritual things. Let me give you a, let me give you a practical recommendation, grandparents, and then we'll end with an encouragement. Practical recommendation. Sit down and write your grandchildren a letter. Grandma, grandpa. Uh, I say put it in a letter. Don't send them an email. Don't type it out. In your own handwriting, let them see your words. And if they can't read yet, that's fine. Read it to them. Let mom or dad read it to them. But put it down on paper so that they have it always and forever. Long after you're gone, even if they don't get it right now, they can pull it back out and read your words. Here's what you include. Tell them in great detail. Listen. Tell them in great detail why you have put your trust in God. 
in his son and in Jesus Christ. Tell them in great detail why you found Jesus to be worthy and important as the, the priority of your life. They need to know. Given the great influence that you have, I can't think of a, of a more important thing you can do for them than tell them why Christ is of utmost priority to you. Tell them. Tell them in great detail why you trust in God and His Son, Christ. Tell them why it is important for them to have a right relationship with the Lord. Tell them why it's important for them to have a right relationship with the Lord. Thirdly, give them the expectations that you have for them. You know, grandchildren, they create their own expectations by their grandparents. You tell them what your spiritual expectations are. It's amazing how that will shape their life. It's amazing, I'm convinced, on how they will go out of their way. They will find out how to follow the instruction, the recommendation of a grandparent. Tremendous amount of influence. One last. Include in your letter one, two, at least one passage of Scripture that is the most important to you, perhaps, and tell them why. Don't just leave the reference at the bottom of the page. Give them Scripture and tell them why it is of utmost importance, of worth to you. And leave it for them. Maybe they get it now. Maybe they get it later. Here's your encouragement. Men are, uh, or women for that matter, likened to Timothy, are uh, almost extinct, it seems. Men who are willing to follow in the footsteps of a saint like Paul, abandon everything, follow the course of a guy who ends up in a dungeon, only to be pulled out and killed afterwards. Men or women who are willing to go to that extreme abandonment with their own life, they're far and few between. Mom, grandmother, here's your encouragement. It's Mother's Day, and we, maybe, maybe you feel like uh, this hasn't been the most uh, uplifting or encouraging message. But let me encourage you here at the end. We need more Timothys in our children, Okay? And even if, even if uh, daddy is an unbelieving Greek, God can honor your faithfulness in the life of that child. Amen? Is that right? He can. Even if he's absent altogether, he can do that. God can honor the faithfulness of a grandmother and a mother speaking into the spiritual life of that child. God can honor that. Be encouraged. Even if you feel like you're alone in this thing, God can honor that. You can raise up men and women of God. I asked uh, Miss Heather to close us in prayer. Why don't we stand? And we're going to be dismissed on this Mother's Day. And we're going we're to close with just a, uh, a word of thanks from one of our youth right here. And we'll be dismissed. Your own. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for letting all the moms and grandmothers be here today. And we're thankful that they teach us right from wrong, and that we can follow their 
follow their footsteps. And we are just thankful for all of them. And we praise you that we have all the wonderful moms and grandmothers here today. And we pray that we all have a great Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're dismissed.